We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Welcome back to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi, as we are back again covering the latest fantasy basketball news. We'll break down the Sunday box scores for Fantasy Impact. Uh, you can always check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, among other places. And you can check him out as a writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS. 
The Rotowire Fantasy Basketball is available on iTunes and Stitcher. So, to get a chance to rate or review us, please go ahead and share. Don't forget to subscribe. Benicio, welcome to another week of Fantasy Basketball action. Yeah, yesterday, um, I don't know. Did you see the end of the Knicks game yesterday by any chance? Um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people you... screaming in a sports book nearby me. So, okay. Did you did you see Mello when Calderon took the ball to the basket? No. All right. He was like he, he came off a he like came off the screen and like popped up to the top of the key. And I guess the play was set up to get him the ball, which makes perfect sense. And Calderon just like put his head down and drove to the basket, and like you could visually see Bello like, "What the f is this guy doing? Give me the ball!" Right. And then like even when the shot went in, he was like, like he had a look on his face, like, you know, whatever, man. Like that 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 shouldn't that shouldn't have went like that. I, I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> it was all. I think somebody had the picture on Twitter yesterday. It was hilarious. Though. Like you see the picture, and and, and they like vine the whole situation, mm-hmm. and like. You know, you see Calderon go to the basket, and you literally see Melo's body language in the corner, like, 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 who does this guy think he is? Like, what is he doing? It's so, it so funny. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of uh, Jeremy Lin when Jeremy when Melo got hurt, and then uh, like the Knicks went like one ten in a row without him on the bench, and then mm-hmm. so like as soon as Melo came back, he immediately made sure he got all the shots, and then they lose. It was like he and Amari Stoudemire came back in the lineup. It was like Jeremy Lin and scrub time. Basically, it was him, Chandler running pick and roll. And like this is how um, – who am I thinking about? Got an $18 million contract, three-point shooter who, who did the uh, – Novak? The, yes, uh, Steve Novak who did the discount double check. That, that's the other thing that's like one of the tragedies for me like in, in the NBA is how – on the right situation, maybe like one of the top three or five NBA sh- three point shooters in the league, um, gets run because he gets put into the like a, a really great situation to take advantage of his skills. And everywhere else for the rest of his career since Lynn Sandy, no one can figure out how to use him. That mm-hmm. makes zero sense to me overall. Just well, and but it makes perfect sense what you explained to me with with uh, Carmel Anthony because you know if they're gonna lose. Or you know, come or or win a single game. Of course, Carmelo wants to be like the only one who, who uh, is not the problem on the New York Knicks. But they have a, a, a litany of problems. There's one more question I want to pose to you. Then we'll then we'll dive right into the uh, uh, the latest uh, news and we'll talk box scores. Um, right now, uh, you have to you have to make a choice. Okay, all right. You're redrafting in, in the NBA and throw Carl Anthony Towns out. All right. Um, your two choices for the best colors, um, um, best two players available are Nikola Jokic or Kristaps Porzingis. Who do you take? It's close, is it not? You know, my biggest problem with Jokic is, like, look if you look at, like, the recent game logs, what do you do? Like, you know, went off for, like, three games in a row for, like, you know, 16 and 12 or 18 and, and 11 and... Mm-hmm. You know, four or five assists added in there, which, like, you look at it and you're like, my God, those are amazing numbers. And then the last game he played, like, 12 minutes and had, like, four points, three rebounds, and an assist. And you saw, like, Nurkic and Lavernier and and Darrell Arthur play, like, 28 to 30 minutes. So, but then again, I mean, kind of the same thing had happened to... Porzingis like a week or two ago and I mean Porzingis actually sat out last night too so I don't know I mean right now 
you know, right now, I, I don't really know how I would handle that situation because neither one of them really has safe minutes, but both of them still have the upside to get, you know, huge games out of them. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, neither one of them is really consistent enough. And that, that would be a tough choice. Like I would, I would really have to, you know, I mean, basically what I would, what I would probably say is depending on how the rest of my roster was, if I needed a center, I would go Jokic. If I needed a, a power forward, I would go Porzingis. But I, I think it is very close. Like, if somebody offered me that trade, you know, if it helped me in the one position I needed more than the other, I would take it. If it didn't, I would be perfectly fine not taking it because I think the two of them are pretty even. Yeah. Um, I, for me, I think I just have to slightly lean Jokic at this point. I think he's I, – I mean, maybe Porzingis evolves into, like, the, the, the guy with the better overall upside and he gets there. But right now, I mean, you know, even with the, the, the good and the bad – I, I, my, um, Michael is going to have to explain to me why this guy somehow sometimes just pops up with 23 minutes, you know, or 18 minutes played with, with the skills that he has. I know Joffrey Lavernier is a talented player too, and we've seen some good minutes out of him overall, but to me, Jokic is a complete package. Uh, you know, I'm sure he yeah. has some defensive strides to make on his end, but you know, um, when, when you see somebody hit a three, you know, average three to five assists, double double, and come up with block shots, tell me what you else you want him to do as a rookie. Yeah, in the he's a, a rookie, very he's a league. he's a very good passer for a big man, yes. which is something I noticed watching him. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's got nothing to do with his game; it just has to do with the fact that sometimes they just don't play him. Right, and it's like, you know, you're sitting. It's kind of like the you know. The argument that I had with somebody on Twitter earlier in the year about Hassan Whiteside, I said, you tell me Hassan Whiteside's going to play 35 minutes a game, then I could put him ahead of, you know, who were the guys we had ahead of him, Pau Gasol and Carl Anthony Towns, and, you know, I'm like, but until I know that he's going to play consistently that many minutes, and I can't do it. Yeah. It's just a little bit disturbing, you know what I mean? So let's figure out what's happening there. But uh, nevertheless, I th- I would... I said this in my Saturday article on Rotowire is that, you know, if Carl Anthony Towns wasn't the runaway rookie of the year, we could be talking about Nikola Jokic and his rookie of the year candidacy right now. You know, that's how um, sort of where he's taking his game level wise. So um, that's how I generally feel about that. Well, let's go ahead and dive right into the news here, uh, Benny. Um, Dwayne Wade's currently dealing with a right shoulder injury. Uh, so it was heavily wrapped for, um um, coming off the uh, last couple games, uh, or, the, or the last game that he played, uh, so there's a situation that we're going to need to monitor, um, you know, going forward. I've, you and I were both talking about Jimmy Butler for the Chicago Bulls uh, potentially coming back. Uh, you, you have any in, of the latest information regarding his availability for today? Yeah, as far as I know, I hear that he's going to be playing. I also hear that well, Powell is definitely out, so they're playing without Gasol. And Derek Rose is doubtful, so he might not be in as well. So Jimmy is supposed to play. Everything looks like he is. The question I don't know about, and I've been, you know, trying to find more information on, is whether or not he's going to be on some kind of strict minutes limit or, you know, if they're going to let him play. I mean, I think it makes sense for them to kind of take it a little easy on him so that he doesn't, you know, hurt that knee again and, and be out for the playoffs, but... At the same point in time, they're going to need him to play, and they're going to need him to, you know, actually do well if they're going to be playing without Derrick Rose and Powell and expect to win games. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I'm not too worried overall about his uh, availability for the time being. I think that it's something that's going to, 
um, you know, you're going to have to see him in the lineup, in, even with 20-something minutes of action in weekly leagues. If he is named the active starter, but hooker by hook, you're just sort of forced to, to get in there with him and use him because there's more than likely not a better option on your roster. So Yeah, shooting shooting guard's also such a weak spot that if he's the guy that you have on your team, you know, your, your backup shooting guard is probably, you know, a huge step down where 25, 30 minutes at a butler is probably better than the production you're going to get out of whoever. You know, unless you have one of the other elite two guards, but there aren't many of them. Yep, I totally agree with you there as well. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, talk about the uh, the rest of the news that's happening here. George Hill uh, says he, quote, uh, didn't feel comfortable uh, during Sunday's ball loss to the Hawk where he finished with five points and two eight shooting. It's trouble moving on defense and lifting up for jump shots. Said still battling toe injury, so something to monitor there. Uh, CSM Bayer is reporting that Willie Collestein could stick as a starter after starting the second half of Sunday's game against the Jazz and, you know, being fairly productive, four or six uh, from the field for 10 points and rebounds, a steal on the block in nearly 30 minutes. Um, Rudy Gobert, I'm going to tell you, he's one of the probably like the biggest bust of the 2016 season for somebody who didn't get injured. I will say that, you know, in 22 minutes of action against Sacramento Kings, uh, goes scoreless with eight rebounds and two assists and two turnovers, no blocks. Uh, so, you know, it's just been a a overall disappointing season. We thought we were going to sort of let, see him level up into maybe, uh, you know, borderline all-star level status after getting this, you know, being named the start in the second half for Utah. And I know he's been, you know, banged up and injured here and there, but he really, I think he's actually taken a step back, believe it or not. So, yeah, uh, a little I, disappointing there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the last thing uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about here is a uh, couple of disappointing performances overall, um, you know, um, out of this spot here with uh, Paul George who went for uh, 7 points on 3 of 15. Paul Millsap rebounding after after being asleep for about a month and a half here with 18, 9, 4, assists, 3 steals and 3 blocks. And uh, Miles Turner also uh, sort of stepping up with the, the struggling um, uh, Paul George there with you know going uh, 19 points on 97 with 5 rebounds, 2 steals and a block in 28 minutes. I don't know why he's only playing 28 minutes but we, you know we can sit here and question the coaches all day and probably not going to do us any more good we'll be right where uh we were and you know uh uh i believe uh, if we didn't update this if you didn't hear about this on the friday show uh andre iguodala is currently out for it looks like about two weeks here with a uh ankle injury uh that kept him lingering and kevin love returned to the lineup uh for uh weekend action all right, uh, that's going to wrap it up here for the uh, latest news. Before we dive into more information uh, there, we have to ask you, if you ever been frustrated by buying tickets online, most sites make it comp- uh, complicated, and they all try to sneak in huge fees at the checkout line. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. SeatGeek has taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. They pull all the tickets available on other sites uh, into one place to save you time so you never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming events, and SeatGeek will let you know if the ticket prices fall. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is ranked based on value, so you can immediately find the underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see your view from that seat. SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, they show you the full ticket price from start to finish, finish and never try to stick you with huge fees at the checkout page. So uh, go to SeatGeek right now. Uh, all you have to do is um, to, to get your $20 rebate on, on SeatGeek. Uh, all you have to do is download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code RWNBA. SeatGeek will then send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase today. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter the promo code RWNBA today. 
All right, let's go ahead and t- dive into the very bo- first box score we have for Sunday's action. And this is a 24-point blowout win. Cleveland Cavaliers uh, take it home here, 114-90. to uh, Your thoughts on this game for Fantasy Impact? Uh, I mean, I thought it would be a little bit closer, you know. I know Cleveland came out, uh, <coughs> Cleveland came out in the second quarter and really just kind of blew the game open and then just, you know, extended the lead from there. I think the problem with the Clippers is what we've been saying all season. Their forwards are horrible, uh, without Blake Griffin in there. It's okay to have one of like a Jeff Green or a Emba Mute or Wesley Johnson starting for you, but when you have two of those guys in there, I mean, it's just a, you know, it's just a horror show. And it shows whenever they go up against teams that have good forwards. I mean, LeBron and, uh, Kevin Love both had pretty good games here. You know, Love didn't do a ton of scoring, but, you know, 12 and 9 only played 24 minutes because they really didn't need him. Uh, LeBron, even in only 30 minutes, 27 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. So really, I don't think any of the Clippers forwards are really in play. I like Chris Paul, obviously. JJ Reddick's a solid option if you have him. He helps you with your three point shooting. DeAndre Jordan makes sense as a center who can, uh, you know, rebound, score a little bit, block a couple shots for you. And then the same thing on the Cleveland side. I mean, I want Kevin Love. I want LeBron James. I want Kyrie Irving. J.R. Smith has actually taken a step back in most of these recent games. We're seeing Shumpert get a lot more minutes. Uh, so I don't know if I love him so much for season long. But, I mean, again, it's a weak position shooting guard. So if you have him, you probably want to keep him. But I didn't learn anything new, really, from this game. You know, it's the same stuff that we knew. The Clippers forwards are horrible. That's the way you want to start guys that are playing against them. And LeBron, Kevin Love, and Kyrie Irving do most of the heavy lifting for Cleveland. So I think it went pretty standard as it was. I was a little shocked that it was a 20-point win, but, you know, nothing really new I learned for fantasy. Yeah, uh, I agree with you there as well. I'm willing to throw this game out um, from a Clippers perspective because you take a look at, you know, uh, Chris Paul and J.J. Redick, and they did fine, and everybody else essentially just didn't do their job. You know, uh, well, Jandre Jordan, you know, 11 rebounds is fine. And, you know, 11 points, he was 4 or 4 and 3 or 4 from the line. But you need him to be an offensive or defensive impact guy with just one block shot. And then you you take a look at the fact that, you know, LeBron, uh, you know, gets to the rim for 27 points. And, you know, Kyrie Irving and, uh, and um, you know, uh, and company do uh, damage. And then uh, whoever was guarding Channing Fry. I uh, cannot let him go five, uh, you know, five of eight from the field, five of seven from a three-point line, and score all 15 points from three. You know, yeah. that was one of the things that really burned them, especially with him coming off the bench. So uh, everybody from the bench for the, for the Cleveland Cavaliers was basically productive. Uh, and one of the things that made a major difference, aside from guys like Jeffrey and falling off the face of the earth for, you know, two of ten. All right, so I think we can uh, we're good there. We can skip over to the very next game, which is the Utah Jazz at the 108-99 win against the Sacramento Kings. Here, let's talk about uh, another Sacramento game and another Sacramento loss. Yeah, I mean, basically, this is one of the higher scoring games we've seen for Utah recently, and it stays right in line with everything that we've been talking about all season. You know, you want to start as many guys as you can that are going up against the Sacramento Kings. They play at a high pace. They don't play very good defense. Their games tend to be very high scoring. And again, a 108-99 game might not seem high scoring, but for a Utah Jazz game, that's a lot of points that they put up there. I think the thing that I took away from this the most, uh, Derek Favors had just a monster game in this one. Uh, put up, was it 28-15 and 15 or 28-14? and 14. 
uh, added in a couple steals, a block, a couple assists. So you had to be happy with that. You know, again, like you said, Rudy Gobert is really, you know, really kind of disappointing this year. And then uh, Gordon Hayward, the other guy for Utah that's gotten stuff done. And then if you look down at that Sacramento team, you know, I know that this is your team, so I'll let you talk about them a little more. But the one thing that really stands out to me, and the same thing that always stands out to me is, you know, Boogie Cousins does the predominant amount of the damage. And Rudy Gay seems to be nowhere to be found. Yeah, Rudy Gay cannot go 3 of 9 and do nothing else in this game for them to have any shot. Uh, Rajon Rondo also didn't play uh, near as well. Five turnovers and 3 of 9 from the field. He was 1 at 7 of halftime. Uh, and Omri Caspi was 8 of 12 and 4, 4 from 3, and they couldn't figure out a way to get his guy more shots, but he did play 26 minutes on the floor. So, But, you know, you can't just have those sort of performances from the starters and, you know, um, uh, figure to win. Shooting 42% and then 67% from the line uh, are two of the things that basically killed them overall. And, you know, uh, they needed to uh, do a better job that with on the rebounding side, especially against a team that like, uh, you know, uh, the – uh, Utah Jazz, where you know they are, are going to dominate you on the boards, and they did that again, forty-seven to thirty-six in a uh, rebounding margin overall. So Kings played better defense, but it's they, their, their offensive uh, game was fra- fairly stagnant aside from Cousins Caspian that wasn't good enough for them to win. We didn't really learn too much for the fantasy impact, except that you know Caspian twenty-six minutes of action popped up, and as we mentioned before, Willie Cauley Stein could be starting as of the next game. All right, we will move forward here to the Indiana Pacers with a blowout loss. We talked about Paul George, you know, throwing a complete dud. Yeah, it was pretty bad there. 29-point win for the Atlanta Hawks here. Let's talk about um, what we could have potentially learned in this matchup. I mean, I learned that Indiana's got some problems. That's what I really learned. I mean, Monta Ellis was horrible in the first half. George Hill was horrible in the first half. You know, Jan Mahini kind of gave you a little bit less than what he had been. He's been giving you a little more than that, but he also sat a little more. I mean, I don't think any of the starters played the fourth quarter for them because they were getting blown out so bad. So you got to take some of these, you know, stat lines with a little bit of a grain of salt because most of these guys, you know, you only got 25 minutes out of Paul George, 24 out of Monta, 22 out of George Hill. You know, all these guys usually play a little more than that, but they were losing so bad that, you know, they never came back in in the fourth quarter for their rotations. Uh, as for Atlanta, it was nice to see Millsap finally get back into the, you know, him and Horford actually at least started scoring here. Horford has been a little bit annoying to me lately. I actually have him in one of my leagues. And one of the things that I liked about him, one of the reasons I drafted him is he usually contributes across the board. Like, he'll usually give you... He's not a huge rebound guy. He's not going to give you 15, 18 rebounds a game, but he usually gets you, you know, seven to nine. He'll usually get you a couple assists too, because he's a pretty good passer for a big guy. And then he's, he's a solid defensive player where he'll get you some steals and blocks most of the time. It seems now that he's not scoring as well. He's not rebounding as well, and he's not giving you the stuff in the other categories. So, you know, he's, he's actually been really underperforming lately. To the point where I did actually pick up Jokic on one team a little while back, and I've been rolling Jokic at the center spot and literally have Al Horford on my bench a lot of the time. Yeah, and with good cause there as well as because, you know, you you take a look at the production that you've sort of been expecting and it's just really hasn't been there. You need, uh, you know, this is sort of the same story too. There's no chance that you're going to enjoy the fantasy performance or like what you get when Paul George goes 3 for 15, period, with no free throw shots through the roof. How how Atlanta, I'm sorry, Indiana only gets the line seven times is also beyond me. 
But, you know, this is one of those situations where the refs weren't calling anything because Atlanta only gets to the line ten times there as well. So we can throw out almost all the box scores with the exception of Miles Turner on the Indiana side. And then, you know, on the on the, the Hawks side, we didn't learn anything. Same rotation. Chris Humphrey's, you know, still sort of eating into a little bit of minutes here. Played 21 in this matchup. Maybe this is more related to the blowout loss than, than not. But um, overall, not too much to take away from either of these two teams um, in this matchup. Hawks, uh, you know, come up with a big win. All right, uh, we, we're going to talk about uh, the next game on tap here. But before we do that, I want to let you know that you can be part of the action all season long here at DraftKings.com, the official fantasy basketball partner of Rotowire. Daily fantasy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster. Play whenever you want and pick a new team every time you play. Challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you're the superior GM or square off against basketball fans from around the world, from around the country for big prices. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOHOOPS to play free. DraftKings, the official partner of Rotowire. That's promo code. Code RotoHoops at DraftKings.com. All right, next box score on tap here, Benny. We are taking a look at the uh, Milwaukee uh, uh, Bucks with a 109-100 win against the Brooklyn Nets. This game was close for a while, but Milwaukee pulls away at the end, and Giannis with another triple-double double here. Yeah, he, he's pretty good. 28-11 rebounds, 14 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks. That's a monster, monster stat line. And the thing is, this is the fourth triple-double he's had since the All-Star break. You know, since they kind of let him be, you know, point Giannis and, you know, control the thing. And, I mean, yesterday there was a play in that game that kind of sums up why he is so good. I shouldn't even say a play. It was like a two- or three-play series where he came down the one time through a, you know, nice pass to somebody cut into the basket that he was able to see from the top of the key because at 6'11", he's able to see over most of the guys that are guarding him. So he hit somebody cut into the basket for a layup. Ball went down the other end. Somebody missed a shot. He went up, got the rebound over two two of the big guys on the other team, and then grabbed it like right in the middle of the lane he got the rebound, pushed the ball up the floor, outran two of the other guys, and got into a position where, you know, there was only one guy back. I think it was, you know, the point guard to stop him. And he, you know, did one of those old where you fake the pass to the right and everybody moves to the right while you're mm-hmm. still going and then just kind of, you know, cock it back and dunk it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he took off from about a step in front of the, the foul line, and it wasn't even, like, a big deal. Like, it wasn't even, like, it was tough for him to do. So, you know, he pretty much showed in that, like, two-place stretch right there the entire package that he has and why everyone's so excited about him. So if you were able to get Giannis... You know, anywhere after the first round in your draft, I think you're getting a guy who's given you a lot more for your season-long fantasy team than you were expecting out of him at this point. Yeah, you definitely got more than you bargained bargained for in this spot. So it's got to be a good situation overall, Um, especially down the stretch if you're one of those teams like in the hunt and competing. This is the absolute dream scenario. Uh, yeah. for you to happen overall. From the point guard position, Jared Bayless got the start there, and, you know, nothing exciting happened there. Nine points, uh, two assists, three steals, you know. It's rough. And, um, you know, other than that, you don't really want anybody off the bench. Take a look at the, uh, the Brooklyn side that I showing once again is a guy who makes some hay. Brook Lopez, a little bit of a disappointing performance because he only came up with three rebounds and he had three turnovers. So just yeah. not something you really expect of him, especially against a, a front line like Greg yeah. Monroe at center that he should have dominated and he did not. So that's a little bit disappointing. And other than that, you don't want any piece of Markel Brown or Shane Larkin and Donald yeah. Sloan still making you pissed off that, you know, that you thought you had something behind Jared Jack and you really don't, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, and I wanted to mention, too, like, Lopez has kind of been doing this lately. He's been underperforming a little bit. You know, I don't know the reason why. I mean, he's still one of the guys getting the most shots for them. He's still one of the guys who's scoring all right, but the rest of his game is kind of taking a dip. He's basically just giving you points in the points category right now. His rebounding has come down. His, um, you know, stay, he was never a big shot blocker anyway, so that's not a, a big deal, but... You know, he has been underperforming. And then something I forgot to mention with Milwaukee as well. What do you make of the whole Greg Monroe back in the starting lineup and getting minutes situation? I mean, for me, Middleton, Jabari, and Giannis have a safe 35 to 40 minutes a game that they've been playing. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't really been looking at anybody else. But now that Monroe's back in the starting lineup, you know, and not so much this game because Parker did put up a big game here. But the last couple games that Monroe's been in the starting lineup, it's kind of hurt Parker a little bit. His rebounding numbers are down a little, and he had been taking less shots, although he did get 17 here on Sunday. So it might have just been a blip on the radar. But what do you make of, you know, Jabari Parker? Do you think he's more valuable or less valuable with, with Monroe in there? And, you know, what do you make of Monroe? Is he somebody we should start putting a little more faith in now that he seems to be getting a few more minutes? Um, I still think Jabari Parker has sort of taking over a little bit and saying, hey, I'm going to be the one on the teams just down the rest of the way that's going to be leading this team in shots, especially when we, if we're going to take the ball out of the point guard's hand and, you know, and we, and we have, uh, you, you know, um, a, a situation where it's just a fill-in guy playing overall. And it's come at the, it's a little bit at the expense of Chris Middleton, uh, a little bit at the expense of Greg Monroe, and I think it's, it makes more sense, uh, you know, because Greg Monroe is a guy who has been playing well but been also pl- – uh, like underperforming, uh, at, at, because he's a power forward, he's asked to, gu- to guard guys that are bigger than him. That he doesn't, that he's not, frankly, not equipped to guard. He's not a center. I keep, I've said this many times over. So I still trust your Barry Parker's value. I, if you're asking me to pick one over the other, I would rank them Giannis, Parker, Monroe, for one, two, three. And I would actually probably have Middleton third over Monroe as four. Well, your, your thoughts on that? Uh, I think he's the fourth yeah. option is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. I still like Middleton a little more than I like Parker. Is that how you had it, or do you have Parker ahead of Middleton? I have Parker ahead of Middleton by a hair. Yeah, I would I would switch the two of them, but, I mean, it's you know, it's a debate that you're really splitting hairs. Either, either way, it, you know, to me, the three guys that are consistently seeing time is Giannis, uh, Parker, and Middleton. So the three guys that I would want the most from – Milwaukee on my fantasy teams would be those three guys because all three of them to me have been have been playing well enough that they you know should be rostered in any ten team or above league without a, without question. All right, I think that's more than fair enough uh, from from our end here. All right, um, before we move on to the next uh, box score here, got to talk to all the beloved pod listeners out here uh, right now. If you aren't subscribed to rotowire.com, what are you waiting for? If you like the advice of our podcast, you're going to love the website. You can try it for free on a 10-day trial, rotowire.com slash pod. Uh, for all you DFS players, we've got lineup optimizers for eight different DFS sites for all the major sports, MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, college basketball, soccer, golf, and baseball. Up to the mid depth charts, customizable league projections, and complete draft kits for all the major sports. Anybody getting ready for that fancy baseball league? We've got all your premium information right here, 
rankings, projections, and the like. Uh, so check it out. Free 10-day trial, rotowire.com slash pod. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next box score on tap here. One last game to talk about. It is the New York Knicks, as the aforementioned three-point uh, game. Benny has already uh, ruined the in- the ending of this game for you, so you know who yeah. won. Uh, but we can actually just talk about here about how much we love these guys for fantasy impact. Well, there's actually a lot I want to I want to talk about here. Uh, for starters, like you had mentioned earlier in the show, Porzingis is getting less minutes. Um, Maybe it's because of the injury that he has now. Maybe it's because he hit the wall. I mean, I don't know the exact reason. Obviously, he didn't play in this game at all, so that you know that's a reason why. But it wasn't an injury. I think he. I think they said he was out with the flu or something like that. So I don't think it's going to be something long term. You'll probably see him come back. Whenever Perzingis is out, though, Melo tends to play a lot more power forward, which tends to help his rebounding numbers, uh, which is something I really like because you know you're always going to get your points out of Melo. For him to really be a, a solid contributor for you, though, you need to get something from him in other areas. So he has been getting a few more assists this year um, than he had, like, all of last season. And his rebounding is up when he plays the power forward spot. So that's something to keep in mind. Also, with Porzingis playing less minutes, we've seen the emergence of Robin Lopez, or maybe, you know, just the fact that, you know, he's getting a few more minutes now. He had another good game here. I mean, 16, 8 rebounds. He's not a superstar, but he might have been somebody that was on the waiver wire, you know, a week or two ago. And in shallower leagues, he might still be on the waiver wire. And I think he's definitely given you good enough production that you have to kind of warrant taking a look at him. Other than that, though, on the Knicks, I mean, I don't mess with Calderon. I don't mess with uh, Sasha. You know, I'm not taking Derek Williams. Porzingis would be the other guy, you know, if and when he's available. I don't want to follow. I don't want anybody on the bench. So that's kind of where I go there. The Lakers now, um, something I wanted to kind of ask you. I know you and I have both been on the Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle bandwagons for most of the season. I do like the fact that Clarkson took the most shots on the team in this game. He had 16 to Kobe's 15. Kobe Bryant taking 15 shots right now is just an absolute tragedy. Um, he should not be doing that at this point, and I really do think they're stunting the growth of some of these younger guys. But the guy I really wanted to ask you about, or the two guys, I should say, with Brandon Bass and Larry Nance Jr. back, it seems like Julius Randle is going to take a big hit going forward. There's just too many other guys there. And then the same thing with D'Angelo Russell at the point guard spot. You got Lou Williams, Kobe, Clarkson, um, and Russell all active. Plus you got Marcelo Huertas, Huertas who's, who's playing minutes as well. So I know they had a good run over the last, I don't know, maybe month or two with D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle, but I wouldn't want to have, I wouldn't want to be stuck counting on either one of those guys going forward for the rest of the season. How do you yeah, feel about that? I agree with you there as well. There's looks, I'm, t- I, you know what? I've come full circle on the Byron Scott thing. You know what I mean? I think that actually, like the Lakers management have played their ping balls, their ping pong balls exactly right, and it just looks like that Byron Scott was doing something that like veteran coaches do, which is you know like make rookies earn it and play your veterans by hook or by hook, you know even when the rookies look better. And in all reality, it's just like 
listen, we're we're giving you a free pass for you to bounce as many ping pong balls our way because you know if we're out what outside the bottom five or bottom three or something like that, we lose the pick and we're not good enough to not have that pick, especially when we're going to yeah. lose Kobe next season, which actually now, was going to be I, something that you know sells less tickets but is better for their overall production. Now I wanted to ask this because I thought I heard that it was outside the top three, right? Mm-hmm. Now isn't the top three the lottery balls? Um, what do you mean? No, the like, top, like, top 13. Oh, you talking about who gets no, locked No, 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 I'm saying, no, 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 their pick. I thought the idea with them keeping the pick and not having to give it to the Suns as part of the Steve Nash deal from a couple of years ago, that was a tragedy for them, mm-hmm. was if they're in the top three, the pick is protected. Right. And doesn't the NBA still do the lottery for the top three picks? So basically, they could still lose the pick anyway. They could have been, the, they could have had the worst record and theoretically, if they didn't, you know, no, 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 win one of no, the lottery no, balls, they would no, still it, lose. No, it. um, no, it's um, I, you know, I have to, I, I think I, I have to look at trade details. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can dig that up, but um, I think, um, you know, maybe they do have to actually wait for the lottery. That's that's. I think you are right. I, I, I'm going to backtrack there. I, I'm going to be honest and just say not really sure. Just to put a bow on this whole thing here, though, uh, Sasa, Sasa Vujicic in the starting lineup for the Knicks, I don't care. You know, it's, he's not productive and he's stunk. I don't, and that, it sounds like Lakers are, 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 you know, Phil Jackson's bouncing some ping pong balls of his own, starting him over like Lansing Galloway and Aaron Aflalo and whatnot. I don't care that he had one bust out game and he's a former Lakers. He's also a joke to be in the league. So, uh, there's that. And then on the other side of this here, uh, to answer your question with, as long as Larry Nance is going to get some extra minutes overall, I think this is, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, Kupchak doing what he can to bounce as many ping pong balls his way as possible as well. So to give them the best shot to keep their pick and, um, you know, which means that it's going to suck for Julius Randle, but it will be, looks like we're, um, still, I guess, okay in terms of Russell and Clarkland for the most part, because I'm less concerned about Huertas and, and Mineral Peace than, than I am about Larry Nance Jr., who we've actually seen take this job and Brandon Bass for whatever reason, all, all of a sudden playing some minutes. So there's that. Just the fact that the Metal World piece is getting off the bench should tell you alone that they're they're willing to bounce some serious ping pong balls. You know, the guy deserves no minutes in the league on any team, even as bad as the Lakers. But it's a different story for a different time. All right. Um. So with that, I think we're gonna just wrap up the show here. Um. Don't forget, you can check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. You can check me out on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. That's at RotoWire and RotoWire.com for all your season-long and DFS fantasy needs. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.